You're about to listen to the words and teachings of Pastor Shola Oshimakide of the household of David. Be blessed. This morning, I want to share something with us. See, um, we love to pray and ask God to do some things without checking what he has said about those things. And one of such is what I want to talk about this morning. People pray that God should make them great. People pray that God should expand their coast, enlarge their coast, bless them beyond where they are. Somehow, we love prayers like that. But what we don't do often is to ask God what it takes to go to another level. It's like there is a ladder that leads to the level that many people are going to or there is a staircase or a step going to where they are going to and instead of them to climb the step, they stand before the step and they are praying. And the Spirit of God keeps saying that, that is the step, just climb. Amen. Amen. But many will not. Oh God. And the Lord is saying, the top you are planning to go to, look by your side. If you take this step and this step and this step, you'll find yourself at the top. But for many, especially Africans, they would rather pray and fast than to climb the steps. So, I said to you this morning, the best way to pray is to ask God to show you light on what, what's to be done. I love the question because everybody that asks that direct question in the Bible got, got an answer. As soon as Apostle Paul was struck with blindness, and Jesus said that, I am Jesus whom you persecute. He said, then Lord, what do I do? And he said, go to the city called Straits. You shall be told there what you will do. And several people asked that question in the Bible that what do I do? And God gave them an answer. It's about the most powerful prayer that you can pray. To find out from the Lord. Inside God's word are instructions connected to anything that anybody can possibly want. But many times people don't ask. And the Bible says that you receive not because you ask not. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. Today, this is what the Spirit of God is laying in my mind because I see great people listening to me this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And that's why I want to share this. From the Word of God, there are two things that guarantee greatness of any Christian. Whatever field, whatever area, the one of the things why we talk about things like this is Jesus wants you to be influential. And the more influential Christians are out there, the easier it becomes for the gospel to spread. Are you with me? The president of a nation can allow the gospel or disallow it. If he says no, then we begin to pray and then prayer can manipulate events. 
But it is better that we don't have to pray about that we pray about something else. Maybe the souls that will be saved in the nation. Are you following what I'm saying? There are top basketballers in America. If they profess Jesus as Lord, it becomes very easy for the society to accept the same. If someone like Michael Jackson had gotten born again, if someone like Professor Wallace Rinkel gets born again right now, it's all like Fela and Nikola Pokuti was born again. Don't underrate influence. It's powerful. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. All the disciples of Jesus Christ who healed the sick and did also, none of them could walk up to Herod, up to Pilate to ask for the dead body of Jesus. But Joseph of Arimathea, a wealthy man, did. And Pilate gave him the body of Jesus Christ. And the release of that body was needed for resurrection. Are you following me? Everybody say influence. influence. Because of one Joseph, Pharaoh allowed an entire family to stay in the best place in Egypt because of Joseph. And when they told Pharaoh, the Bible records in that Exodus, the Egyptians hated no, in Genesis, it was there. The Egyptians hated uh, cattle rearing. It was forbidden in Egypt. But it was allowed by Pharaoh because of Joseph. You understand what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you following me? Yes, sir. This is very important. The power of influence. So that's why what I seek for is... So I started praying. How do individuals in the house of God rise... Wherever they are. Now, when we talk about TV presentation, the saints are the best. When we talk about those who educate children, the saints are the best. When we talk about, so, because of that prophecy which I gave you earlier, also in Micah chapter 4 and in Isaiah chapter 2, that it shall come to pass that the mountains of the house of the Lord shall be exalted, established on top of the mountains, exalted above all hills, and all nations shall flow to it. It's a prophecy repeated two times to show the importance of the prophecy. Then it becomes necessary for an average Christian, therefore, to learn. How do I multiply? What you see around people, <laughs> there are many things, and people have taught several things. Fasting and prayer is important. Oh, they've talked about seed sowing. We've talked about a wonderful. But there are two important things that people usually neglect. And I'll deal with one first service, the other one second service. Very important things, though very common, but people don't give attention to them. These two legs on which greatness stands. Number one, gratitude. And number two, faithfulness. And I will talk about these two things. I'm going to deal with faithfulness, second service. I'll talk about gratitude right now. If you don't have an encounter with those two things, you know, I, I said to myself, I was just thinking, in the night I was here praying, I was just thinking that, for instance, there are people who go late for meetings. You know you are at the time that you love to sleep for six hours, seven hours. There is a meeting by 7 a.m. in the morning. Let's say a worship service of church. By 12, you are still watching TV. If you don't get to a point where you conquer self, 
it becomes very difficult to rise to the top. And if you don't begin to, when nobody's watching you, you are so disciplined and strict on yourself, don't expect success. There are too many people, you know, he's there watching. He knows that he's a child that is difficult for them to wake him up in the morning. Yet 12, 30, he's still watching something. In his heart, he feels it that, but you are waking up early to go somewhere. He tells himself, even though he knows he's deceiving himself, I'll wake up and go. Like he woke up yesterday. You know, you see this thing that people do this because they do not understand that there is nothing per se like big day. It is what you call big day is a manifestation of the accumulation of small what you have been doing on small days. One day, paid day will come. It won't be different from other days, but you have spent time every day to build yourself. Are you following me? Yes, is somebody with me? Honestly, Christians are supposed to be the most serious minded born now. But in most cases, it's not so. Are you with me? <laughs> you know, jokingly, I say to people that, and that that's the truth. Integrity actually begins with time management. But that is not my focus. But that alone is a message that should be preached all around churches. Christians are late comers and it's painful. And some of them have not seen anything bad in this. You know, some people go to the and they tell you that I'm coming, to, oh, we are going for so-so apostles' uh, wedding. Okay, pick me up by two. And you get there by two, it's not ready, and you are leaving and he's angry. He believes that he's late. You two should be late and wait. You can't, do, don't try that with me. I won't feel guilty a bit. Because I hate to be late. Well, it's amazing that this, this is with people. Well, why are you rushing? Just, just give me five minutes more. As if there's no difference between 2 o'clock and 2.05. Yet there is a difference. And in case not, they make you feel guilty for doing the right thing. Why you, you are going, you are going. Are you not going away? <laughs> are you following me? Praise the Lord. When that line alone is drawn, line of time, a lot of Christians have failed already. Time. Freddie Christopher said that 40 years have come and gone. I have never been late once. I have sat down to ask myself that question many times. That at what point will believers make up their mind? That they stick to their words and that they are where they should be at the time they should be there. We will start changing Nigeria where we start with that small, where we make that small adjustments. And I'm talking to everybody. That small adjustments. That anytime you mention time to people, you bind by self by that decision. You are there on that, beyond or before, not after. Not that you say three o'clock and you are there by three fifteen, and you believe that there's nothing wrong. It's just around three o'clock. You know, some people tell them they are late. When they look at you, it's just ten minutes. <laughs> Amen. I want to read a story to illustrate this issue of gratitude. Multiplication is very easy. Rising to the top, when these two important factors are given attention by every Christian in a very serious way, faithfulness and gratitude. Hallelujah. I want to read, see, many times, I will say more of this about faithfulness, second service. 
you will never interpret Pharaoh's dream if you don't start by interpreting the prisoner's dream and the prisoner around you. If you have a Bible and paper, write that down. You will never play for kings like David. You will never play out before Saul until you play that out very well before sheep. I will go down route to circles, but I want to speak about gratitude first. Are you getting what I'm saying? There are lofty things that we are thinking of, but we are being tested by some other things every day, and we are failing. Somebody is aspiring to interpret dreams for Saul, but it's messing up or for Pharaoh. But it's messing up all the prisoners around him. No time for them, nothing. I want to establish that second point of the fact that he that is faithful in little and show you how faithfulness can promote. But let's start with gratitude. I want to read Genesis 21. I'll read something from there. Hallelujah. And then we go to the multiplication of bread, which you all know very well. Hallelujah. Actually, they are connected because this first one, that's why I'm starting with it, will lead to the second one. If you are not grateful for what you have, you can't be faithful. You can't be faithful with it. Hallelujah. Let's start from. I want to read verse seventeen. Let's start from verse seventeen. Somewhere around verse seventeen. Are you with me? And God heard the voice of the lad. And the angel of God called to Agar out of heaven and said to her, "What ail thee, Agar? Fear not, for God." Had heard the voice of the lad, where he is. Next verse. Arise, lift up the lad and hold him in thy hand, for I will bless, I will make him a great nation. I wanted to pick something from this. You can always get a lot when you allow the Spirit of God to help you study the Bible. This is the story of Abraham's maid, Agar. You know, when Abraham would have a child for a long time, the wife suggested to him, no boy, what about our maid? And Abraham said, no problem. Probably, okay, well, let me start. <laughs> I want to say that probably Papa Abraham had been looking at the maid before. Because immediately he just said, no problem. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Like I heard the pastor, somebody was saying recently, who was it? Someone was saying recently, that Adam, people blame Eve said that if God didn't create women, this would happen. God did not instruct Eve not to eat the fruit. God instructed Adam. When she gave Adam, Adam did not object. He just straight away, mm. and ate it. And the person said, you know the truth, Adam had always wanted to eat that thing. She just helped. Why didn't he just tell her that God said I should not eat? She ate it. I said, oh boy, take. And he said, oh, thank you. <laughs> and he ate it. So, <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> if I talk to Papa Abraham, will give me a knock when we get to heaven. Say that much. She will be me. <laughs> so, I'm <about> so <laughs> Abraham got to. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, they suggested, and as soon as Agai, they made God pregnant, she started doing like this to Sarah. In all of a sudden, I mean, I, go and wash that clothes. I can't wash you. I'm the madam now. Well, finally, Sarah took Gebat. And one day saw Ishmael maltreating Isaac. 
And the Bible says that so it is now. And immediately, she ordered that they should be sent away. And that happened. Now, where, where I'm going? When they were moving out wilderness, all of a sudden there was no water again. And this can represent the situation, a life, a business, and a family can be. Cycling around when there's nothing. So she took Ishmael. She said, I don't want to watch this boy die. Probably they've gone for two days now, no water. She was thinking that at least if my child will die, let it not be right before my face. So she went to carry the boy and put him under one tree and she went some miles away to sit down. I don't want to see. Maybe the boy was already gasping for breath. and said, let this boy not die before me. So he said, okay, I'm not going to do that. You know, it's a terrible thing to behold. A lady once spoke to me and she told me that, you know, she had first labor or whatever, early labor, and when maybe was just about five months, and, and it, it, abroad, somewhere abroad, and the doctors told her, oh, they didn't know all time. They were giving all, all kinds of painkillers. Later, they said, this is labor pain. I said, you're going to have this baby now, but the baby will only last 15 minutes. And this is someone who has waited for a child for over 30 years. And when the baby finally came, you know, she started talking to me on phone. She broke down crying. I didn't know when I started crying also. When, when she told me, I mean, said, where have you been? I just started telling me. And then the baby came out and she held the baby in her hand for the first time in 10 years of seeing her own baby. But after 15 minutes, like they told her, the doctor and the nurses were crying. They didn't want to be sure, but they were crying. As she held the baby, singing praise and crying till the baby died. You know how that can be. May you never experience such. That, that's, so, so our guy was saying that, let me just lay. So she put the baby down. She walked away. And the Bible says, where she sat, an angel called to her and said, Agai. Said, yes, Lord. And then this is where this verse 7 thing. So I just gave you the background story. You understand the word. And God heard the voice of the lad, not the voice of her guy. Now, God told a guy to do the same thing Jesus did when there was shortage of bread for the multitude to eat. Look at what God said. He said, this is the principle when things are about dying. Hold that child in your hand and lift up the child. What did Jesus do to the bread? Matthew 14, John 6. But I prefer John's version. The same story is there. When they came to meet Jesus and they said... Okay, give me verse 18. Then we go to Matthew. Verse 18. Genesis 20. Just the next verse, please. Verse 18. Yeah. Lift up the lad and hold him in your hand. What's the next word? Say it again. So, <laughs> hallelujah. I told you there are steps to take. A guy could have been praying that, Lord, make this boy a great nation. God told a guy that there is a step to take. If something is in your hand and it's going to become great, what you have to do, it has to be lifted up in thanksgiving. Can I hear amen? amen. So let's read John 6 and I begin to come to a close. Are you following me? I will deal more with faithfulness, second service. So are you, John 6, you know the story, they gather together. Let's start from verse 7 or thereabouts, you know. Philip said, let's start from verse 6. Hallelujah. 
So Jesus asked them that what are the words? The Bible says he said it because he wanted to prove them. For himself knew what he would do. Verse 7. And Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread. It's not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a bite. A little. Verse 8. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon, Peter's, Peter's brother, said unto him, There is a lad here which had five loaves and two small fishes. What's the next question? Ah, dear Lord Jesus. How many times Christians owed 50,000? Their eyes are always on what they are looking for that is yet to come. They don't pay attention to what is hands. What is 50,000? Why? He's trying to buy a car of 2 million and he has 50 and somebody tells him that this is nothing. I will say this more second service. How you undo what is with you right now will determine what next you are stepping into. Are you with me? And the starting point is with gratitude. Oh, how many people don't even value their family again? The father is not ready. They can't send you abroad. You think there are some issues with your family until you listen to some other families. And by and large, we are trained. Now, what they were saying to Jesus, as soon as it was getting dark, they said, send these men away so that they can go and buy food. It's always greener on the other side. We always think that something more that you need will make you a better person. You need money. If I call so-so-so person, it's always someone outside yourself. If, I, if they help me, if I do this. You know, someone wants a better car. And they treat the one they have right now as a trash. As trash. Are you with me? Are you following what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. You see, people carry even the same thing to relationship. They think for men. Many times, you think the one that is afar off is finer than the one you have. Because people look fine when they are far. Amen. There's something about that person you have never spoken to who comes on stage who says, and she looks like an angel. An angel. Angel of light. <laughs> Hallelujah. So... <laughs> And this is what the Lord... So, when they came to Jesus, they said the same thing to him that, where, where are they going to get food? The only way we think they can get food is that send them away that they can. And Jesus said, they, he used they do not need to go away. Say to your neighbor, there is a miracle in your desert. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor again, there is abundance right where you are. Hallelujah. Jesus said that don't tell them to go away. And the guy quickly said that it was that time. So that was the first uh, shift. They are not going anywhere. So they said to that they were not going anywhere. And then it was when Jesus said they should not go anywhere that someone now realized that somebody has something little. But then they quickly added the next question. What is that among so many? Oh, how many times we say this? Finally, you acknowledge that you have something, but you think it is too small. For what you want to become, for what you want. And the master is looking at that's a tragic mistake. Hallelujah. And Jesus showed them what God told a guy many years before. 
He said, that one that you said, what is it among so many? Bring it. I will show you how greatness is being manufactured. I just want to show you something. You said, what is it among so many? Let me show you what is among so many. Bring it. And the Bible said that Jesus gave thanks and lifted it up. And the bread multiplied. It's an eternal principle. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Is somebody following me? Praise the Lord. The most productive people. One day, I was in a barbing salon in Maryland, America. And a guy was talking. And he was shouting about one book that he had. Finally, I collected the book from him. And I, I paid, I, I gave him about $3 or so for the book. He was so blessed by it. He was not a Christian. And the book was written by a surgeon that was not a Christian. And the guy was talking about the fact that the major principle in life is for you to be grateful. And I told the guy that, because a few minutes before that, I was trying to preach that, they were telling that we don't go to And I told the guy that, what is, what is shocking you in the book has been in the Bible since. Some new age guys will take some things from the Bible and separate Jesus from it and say that. But these are laws in the Bible. I said, what did the guy talk about in the book? I said, so I bought the book from him. This is what I'm saying. The guy just kept, the doctor just kept saying that according to their research, even when they want to operate people, those who are grateful are always better off and more productive. It is the way God has made man. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. Is somebody with me? Jesus did, Jesus did not despise. Oh, if you find anything at all in your life, it might be far from what you want. If you are grateful for it, and it's beyond singing, it's a state of heart. That accepts that reality with joy. If you are like that, you'll become productive in no time. Are you following me? The only reason why Joseph still went ahead to interpret dreams for prisoners, because he was grateful for the fact that he was still alive and he was still dreaming. Never let what you don't, don't give too much attention to what you think you don't have. If your eyes are too much on 10,000 bread that you need, you will not, you will overlook the five loaves. Inside those five loaves are those 10,000 that you need. Is somebody following me? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is why we are told in the scripture never to complain. Glory to God. You know, I told somebody, Honestly speaking, the day I was sharing with somebody and I had to send, I sent 20K to her, a copper, to come to Lagos. She was following me on Facebook and she wanted to come to Lagos. It just did not occur to me that some people want to be in Lagos. They dream of Lagos like some people dream of America. And they can't come, but there's nobody they will stay with here. They can't come to Lagos. That you are in Lagos. At times, that you are a graduate at all. Even though you've not gotten the type of job you want with that, but that you are a graduate at all. You are already among the top one ten, top 10% in Nigeria. Because I understand the number of graduates in Nigeria are not top 20%. It 
It's amazing how many things we don't look at because of what we are looking for. Yes, they are not paying you enough. But are you grateful that you still dress up and go to work every day? Out of frustration, some have gone to pick up a job of no pay just to avoid the embarrassment of sitting there at home every now and then. Are you, are you following me? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. Look at everybody I'm looking at here. All of you look to me like somebody that is very healthy. We overlook all these things because we are thinking about something. And never let the devil trap you and give you to occupy you with things you don't have. Every now and then, you are trying to reach out for something and because you are not getting it, you are not happy. Hallelujah. I will connect this to say, what I want to talk about is the second part, faithfulness. But this is the starting point because you are not going to be faithful with what you have until you are grateful. It starts with a heart of gratitude. Glory to God. Somehow, something told Joseph that my father, yes, was a wealthy man. Or my father, maybe when he was a potiphar's son, my father is a wealthy man. Probably they've told him that I'm dead. I'm here, doing house boy. But the kind of joy they saw on Joseph, you can never keep that kind of person down. I'm sure a few times we'll think about the fact that, where is my father? Now I'm trapped here, they think I'm dead. I don't even know how long I'm going to be a slave for. I am my father's favorite son, yet I'm doing house boy here. But that didn't depress him. He was still grateful that at least they were going to kill me before then. Somebody spoke that they should not kill me again. Now I'm here, I am alive, and I'm grateful. I have read history, and some of the slaves, even in, in, in real history, as in world history, some of the slaves who have put up that kind of attitude, like Bishop Ajayi Krada, who translated the Bible to Yoruba language, at the end of the day, they come up with something that touches the whole world. I've read about Bishop Ajayi Krada, who, changed the Bible from, who translated the Bible from English to Yoruba language. He was taken over there as a slave. They ended up making him, I think, the first black bishop in Anglican church. A spirit that cannot be crushed. Gratitude. Are you following me? I made up I will never be depressed one day of my life. No, I won't give them that luxury of one hour of life. So you are, you are grateful. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The way some people look at their salary, even the salary is afraid of them. As soon as they are paid, they look on their face. What? what? <laughs> you look at it. What? 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 Are you angry? You wake up in the morning. You look. You are so consumed. You've gone to see one four-bedroom duplex. You've gone around it. Beautiful. You fill your imagination with it. So when you wake up in the three bedroom or two bedroom, you're angry. You look at your TV as if you break it. Because your mind is occupied. You see yourself in that. There's nothing wrong with seeing yourself on the other side. But are you great? <laughs> Something is missing. That is why you are not touching the other one. You are not grateful. Oh, 
As soon as the woman finished all her story about creditors coming to pick her children, Elijah just asked her a question. What do you have in your house? In the wisdom of God, God believes in you more than you believe in yourself. God is always believing that you have something while you say nothing. This is the reason. The one that had one talent, and he said that I did not, it was collected and given to the one that had five. Because he multiplied with joy. The Bible says the room that because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joy, therefore the heaven over you is like brass. It's not even enough to serve God. We serve him joyfully. Joy. And you cannot have true joy if you are not grateful. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. Amen. As soon as the woman finished telling the prophet, he just said, what do you have in your house? She first said nothing except a jar of oil. And Elisha said, you don't understand the kingdom we are in. That once God finds something to work with, that is it. Praise the Lord. Is somebody with me? If you start rejoicing over 20,000, it will soon become 2 million. If you start rejoicing, and like I said, I'm going to talk about second part, because that will lead you to, that they are paying you just 40, it will lead you to the second thing. You will be faithful with that job. In God's plan, and we move fully to that second, in God's plan, in God's plan, it is not your own that will come first. Jesus said that if you are not faithful in that which is another man, who will give you your own? It will always start with that was how I started what I started. If you see, if God has a plan that you are going to interpret the dreams of kings, he will first give you prisoners to interpret their dreams. If you are too consumed that I know I'm supposed to be standing before king, what are these prisoners? Those prisoners are your doorway to the king you are looking for. That's why I said there are steps everywhere. Instead of climbing there, we will pray. Oh God, lift me up. But he show you steps. How many people are doing that push job anyhow? And they are praying for God to establish them. And God says that I can't break my word. You are not following the right step. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. You once gave a testimony when you got that job. But because of argument in the office now and enemies left, right, and center, you've lost your joy. You complain day and night now. There is a boss that is a tyrant. There is one that is a terrorist. All kinds of, you are angry and now joy is departing. You have nothing good to say about your job and you have forgotten. The day they called you, you danced and shouted. It's the same thing we carry into a relationship. Somebody that said yes to you and you could not sleep. All of a sudden, now you won't talk to each other for three weeks. But there was time you were so happy. You will never, you will never receive the reward of your partner if you don't value and be grateful to God for that person. Hallelujah. If you are sitting there beside your wife, look at the person and say, I am grateful for you. I thank God for you. Say it to your wife. Your wife is beside you. <laughs> if your wife is not beside you, lift up your hand and say it. I'm grateful for the one I have. <laughs> and if you're a man, you do have a wife. <laughs> you are not a man. Of course, you'll marry one day now. Amen. 
But you can say right now that whenever I meet the person, I'm grateful. I thank God. You can say that. The fact that you are here to marry doesn't mean you should not say it. Make up your mind that when you meet the person, you will be full of joy. And thank God. Are you, are you with me this morning? Praise the Lord. That's what I want to leave with you this morning. This is the starting point. This is the starting point. It's very simple, but honestly speaking, it takes a lot of discipline. It is very easy to complain. Anything we step into begins to depreciate immediately. If you buy a new car, you are so happy the first day. But after a while, as you begin to visit mechanic, <laughs> and the car begins to, you can begin, your joy is going. Now, sometimes the car decides to embarrass you on the road. You know those days. You know, cars don't pay for, they don't give you uh, prior information that they will misbehave. You go to someone's house, nothing is wrong with the car, you park, you finish the discovery process, you enter the same car again, only to start. The car is saying that, come and carry me. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder what, what, what's going on here. I just drove this car some minutes ago. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, when we used to, you know, when, we're, when we're doing island service, which will resume very soon again, our venue chain, the redeemed church there left. That's why. Um, Coming the night, we will see some every night we must see some cars stopping on Tomiland. And I like to say to myself, Lord, this is a wrong place for your car to protest. Hallelujah. So if you are going to the island in the night, especially, please bribe your car. Ask the car before you set out. Needest thou anything? I will give you oil. <laughs> like little like daughter puts oil on her. <laughs> if, if it's oil you need, I'll give you oil. If it's well, if it's well you need, I'll give you fuel. And after those who I said, can't do you need any other thing? <laughs> so that we don't get halfway on Tom Milan. And then you stop there. Oh, I saw it one day it was a woman, very terrible sign. Dressed in the corporate stop, standing and waiting. So he started making calls. It's a terrible place. I know Lagos. They are passing, Lagosians are passing as if they don't send you. This is where we need the mercy of God. And I said, I can't blame those who don't stop. People can set a trap for you. Yeah. People have stopped to pick people before and somebody pulled out a pistol. But say at the same time, we must help. When you are on this side that I can't stop, oh, the day it happens somebody, maybe your brother is calling you that is in Abuja, something has happened to the car and it's on the way, highway and nobody is stopping. Then you will know the meaning. The day it happened to my friend, she was working in Fedex and she just, she just made that manager. She now went to do something in Abuja. She left her room 5 a.m. to go somewhere. And a cab picked her. She stopped the cab. She knew that there was a man at the back. The man came out and brought out a knife. They choked her about two times and the car stopped. Or they collected her laptop and all the money. They were on top speed, about 80 to 100, opened the car and pushed, just kicked her down. She was wearing so white. She rolled on the floor with blood all over her. She was crying like a baby and begging motorists for. About two hours, she kept bleeding cars, bleeding cars, passing, passing, passing. Until one man that just said, ah, ah, this can't be a trap. And just stopped. She didn't even know what to say. She was just crying. The man said, where are you going to? Two hours, people were just passing. All over Nigeria, we should teach the story of the good Samaritan more and more. I know Lagos is a busy place where we don't even, we don't even, you know, we don't. One day there was a serious accident. And I think there were even two little children in the car. And some people that had the fear of God stayed. 
trying to look at, and somebody was pressing on. Leave the road for me. And somebody told him that, and they said, and they said, he said, and so what? Should I be late because of that? What is... God didn't create man to be that callous. Amen. Hallelujah. Lagos can actually create you like that if care is not taken. Just rush, 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 rush. And after all the rush, nothing. That's why the Bible says it is in vain for you to rise up early and sleep late and still eat the bread of sorrow. Praise the Lord. Lift up your head. Say, I'm grateful. Whatever is happening in my life, now say it. I'm grateful for where I am. I might not want to be here now. I have visions. I have plans. Of course, I hope to go beyond here. I have aspirations. But in the midst of them all, I thank God for where I am. Shall we rise? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you for listening to the teaching of Pastor Shola Oshumakinde. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Twin Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. While our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.